are now entering Nick and Mello's hyperspace. I'm Nick, and my favorite Padme novel has to be Queen's Shadow. Beautiful cover. And I am Carmelo, and after my third reading of all these novels, I'm going to say Queen's Sparrow. I was really taken with this book. In our journeys through hyperspace, we examine everything and anything Star Wars from the point of view of two lifelong fans, one young and one old, who came together through the will of the Force. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the three Padme novels that were written by E.K. Johnston. I'm going to show you the, the back right here. Um, and they are, in a way, sort of replicating this sort of notion of we're in the middle of the story, we go back to the story, we go forward in the story, <laughs> sort of like what happens um, with the, the original, the prequel, and the sequel. Um, and so it's really interesting that we're sort of moving moving in time and talking about different moments in the story of Padme Amidala. Nick and I thought that they were really interesting novels, that they deserved a whole show to talk about them and to share our thoughts and our ideas about the novels. Yeah, we, we mentioned them briefly last season when we did the young adult novel episode. Correct. Uh, we didn't really go into detail because, uh, you know, we thought they deserved a whole episode like Carmelo said, so. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to awesome. kind of dive into them. We're going to be talking a little bit about the novels in general without any spoilers. We wanted to dedicate a small section of the, of the show sort of talking about it general, generally so people can sort of get a sense of the novels and see if they would be interested in reading them. And I think you should. They're, they're really quite wonderful. I second that. So what, what are your general impressions about them, Nick? Like what, 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 what are the things that strike you about them? I I think I generally enjoy them because I've always enjoyed Padme as a character. I think she's always interesting. The mother of Luke and Leia, um, big part of the, the found mother forming. of Luke and Leia. Right. <laughs> That's the, right. That's right. Yeah, and kind of the planted the seeds for the rebellion and Bail Organa and Mon Mothma, and just a very interesting character uh, from the moment she appeared on screen in the Phantom Menace to me. Um, so I'm kind of enjoying her getting not just her own little, her own trilogy of stories, but also kind of separate from Anakin, most of those stories. Yes. Um, kind of a, you know, some of them are kind of a character study, kind of, of you know, who she is, how she was raised, where she comes from, um, and kind of the, the relationships that um, made her do she was when she we see her in the films. Um, and with these books do a really good job of kind of filling in those blanks for us and kind of answering some questions that some people yeah. have had since 99. Yes, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Not so far um, away. It's really interesting before we started recording, Nick and I were talking about Phantom Menace itself and how for both of us, Padme was sort of one of the revelations of that story, of this young girl who is the queen of a planet. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, it, it's really interesting to see these novels in the context of what we know about Padme in the films, what we learned about Padme in Clone Wars in the animated show, and then to sort of start to get all of this detailed information about her life, about Naboo, about the handmaidens, um, about the politics of the planet and how it relates to the galaxy. And so the novels are really quite wonderful, not only about filling in the gaps, but it, it's really interesting how they feel feel like small stories like all the all the details the daily life 
I remember hearing online, reading online something about the first novel, sort of like somebody was saying, nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing happens. Yeah. And, you know, they're not incorrect. But at the same time, what we're getting is what does it mean for a girl to be a queen? What does it mean for Padme to switch from being a queen to being a senator? What does it mean to live in a place that believes in monarchy and democracy at the same time? All of those little things that are sort of hinted at in the movies and are sort of hinted at in Clone Wars, these novels sort of flesh out all of those details, I think in a really beautiful way. And it's really, um, for anybody that's ever really turned off by the adult, uh, young adult, you know, genre, um, really mm. young adults about, uh, we've said it multiple times and I've heard it said a lot online is like young adult is about, is not really for young adults. It's just about young people growing up into adults or coming into adulthood. And that's what all these books are really. Um, like you mentioned, uh, we get a lot of information about the handmaidens. They're very big characters. And in the movies, they're just kind of in the background and they don't really do much. True. The movies, we get to learn what their roles are, why they're there, you know, and how they're, how close they are with Padme. And I think that's really cool. And it's cool to see young women kind of uh, yeah. sharing the same space and being supportive and positive with each other and growing together, growing up together. I, I really enjoy that. I remember when I first read Queen's Shadow, I went straight downstairs and watched Phantom Menace. Because now, now I now I knew the names of all those handmaidens, and yeah. I'm sort of seeing some seeing things that I couldn't have seen because I didn't have the information of the novels. Mm -hmm. um, and so it 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 sort of gave the novels gave a different layer to the movies, and it was just fun to sort of know a little more about them. Yeah, they're really interesting characters too. They're all, you know, they all kind of look like Padme or resemble her in some way to be like decoys, but. They really all kind of are unique in their own way. They all have yes. different skill sets yes. or their own personalities that make them, yes. you know, why they brought them in to be like a part of her personal guard. Um, and they all go into the kind of how the story, how they found them and met them. And I've enjoyed those things too. Yes. I've, for the people that have not read the novels, I just wanted to sort of set the timing for each of the novels. Mm -hmm. So Queen's Shadow is set right at the end of her reign. And when she slowly becomes the senator that we're going to see in the animated show, The Clone Wars. So it, it's sort of between the end of her reign and the beginning of being a senator. Queen's Peril, as I said, goes back in time. And so this is her becoming a queen. Like they, the, the novel actually starts in the elections. And then the Battle of Naboo and the occupation by the Trade Federation and, and, and all of that period. And then the last one, Queen's Hope, which just came out last year. Uh, last year or this year? This year. This year. This year. Yeah, this, this year. year. Yeah. This year. Uh, I've read it so many times that it feels like I've had it for a long time. Um, <laughs> and then Queen's Hope actually starts with the marriage of Anakin and Padme. Mm -hmm. And it goes on from there. So this one is set right, really at the, at the beginning of the Clone Wars. Yeah. At the very beginning of the Clone Wars, it's really awesome how it goes like here, then back in time, then forward in time, um, and they're not long, as you yeah. can see. They're not that long. They're very readable. Um, I highly recommend the audiobooks. Yeah, 
Um, uh, I just finished reading them, uh, listening to them two days ago. Um, and uh, it's the the voice actor that does Padme in, in the Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Catherine Tabor is her name. Catherine Tabor. Um, yeah, she's great. She does a beautiful job. It's really she cool. She does a beautiful job. Chancellor Palpatine shows up in the novels. And the voice of Chancellor Palpatine scares the shit out of me. <laughs> it's just really sort of like, yeah, this guy's bad. This guy's yeah. bad news. So if you are into audiobooks, we highly recommend reading them that way. And if you're a fan of the Clone Wars and like Padme, definitely give the books a chance. If you're not really much of a reader, I'd say that's a good entry point if you want to get to these yes. stories. Yes, yes, yes. I wanted to say something before we go into sort of details. I think what I find most remarkable about these novels is that they explore the power of femininity. Um, let me explain what I mean. Uh, Star Wars is full of badass women who are independent and assertive and strong. And Padme is part of that group. All of those things, yeah. But at the same time, one of the really interesting things about Padme Amidala, and this is something we see really well in Phantom Menace, is that she is using what we considered feminine things and makes them strong things rather than delicate or, I was going to say, or feminine, <laughs> because we have this tendency in the West to think of feminine as something delicate and something soft. Right. Um, and so these novels are filled with a... I'm going to call it a strong femininity yeah. where the use of makeup, the use of clothing, um, the use of the performance of femininity in their bodies is something that they use politically, culturally, socially, I think in really, really fascinating ways. I think this is this kernel is already in the movies, mm -hmm. um, especially in Phantom Menace, but I love the way that E.K. Johnston takes that and runs with it in marvelous ways, in just really marvelous ways. And I think that's that's probably what I love most about these novels. I, I was thinking about that actually when we talked about doing this episode um, mm. a lot recently. And uh, one thing I think I enjoy is the, the way that, like you said, that we have a perception that uh, things that are feminine are soft and delicate and, you know, passive maybe. Uh, but they mm -hmm. use them to their advantage. They yes. use that to their advantage to deceive enemies, to deceive, you know, some of their allies even, to their their advantage and protect the queen and protect themselves. Um, it shows that you know just because something's feminine doesn't mean it can't be really badass or really cool, right? Um, I, th I think that's really interesting to see. But in Star Wars, I don't know if we've really ever gotten that out of any other story. No. Or no, I've no, never no. seen it anywhere in Star Wars. So for there it to be so explored, it's cool. Yes. Yes. And there are so many moments about, you know, about knitting, about sewing, um, about braiding, about hairdos, about headpieces, all of these things that we tend to think as feminine, but we tend to dismiss them as feminine. Mm -hmm. And these novels sort of turn that around and make all of those feminine acts or seen as feminine acts and make them very powerful. Uh, and so I love the, the sort of intelligence that is connected to all of these activities that at least in the West, we think of them as just feminine things that, oh yeah, sewing and knitting and all of that stuff, you know. 
girls and effeminate boys do that. Right. Um, and so the novels are constantly sort of turning that around and making us think about the work that is connected to it and the power that is connected to it. I was going to say, <laughs> as a, uh, you as a cosplayer, I'm sure enjoyed those things, like the knitting and the sewing and kind of putting up a costume together. Like, yes. That's really, really big. Yes. It's all but, part of the appearance. But it's interesting, you know, in, in, in our social world, the cosplaying has so much to do about bringing a fiction character to life. Mm -hmm. And so in these novels, that's sort of what Padme is doing. She's right. sort of, <laughs> she's sort of cosplaying these roles. And the handmaidens so she, too. So, and, and the handmaidens too. Yeah. And sort of, it, it's sort of like <laughs> internal cosplay with right. all of these handmaidens and, and, and Padme sort of trying to perform someone else. Um, and it's, it's pretty marvelous. I really, I really, I really love this work. Yeah, I think the, the handmaidens trying to kind of, you know, when one of them is playing decoy for Padme or Padme can't be at some event or at some meeting, they will send one of the handmaidens to kind of fill in and they do a really excellent job of kind of not only bringing Padme to life by her costume and by her looks, by her mannerisms, her, her features, uh, yes. her tics, kind of. Yes acting like her like really putting on a performance and that, yes. that's really cool yes yes something absolutely. i didn't really consider in the movies i just assumed oh they look like her that you know a lot of makeup and stuff they're just going to assume it's her yes. but yeah really getting her cadence down or her vocal patterns and yes there's like her, voice training yeah they're like <laughs> there's, training a there's voice training yes yeah it's really cool um are we ready for spoilers <laughs> i think so I think well, so. We're going to say goodbye to the people that don't want to know more details about it. Go um, read it. And less or and then go ahead and read it. Ahead, and then come it. back. And then come, come back, back and, and watch the rest of the show. Yeah. Just mark this spot right here. And um and then join us when you when you have read them. And if you have read them, stay with us so we can um talk about details. Are there are there specific themes or moments that you particularly love in these books, Nick? I, I mentioned it, it's my favorite. And I think it's really an interesting one that uh, hasn't really been explored much in Star Wars. Um, in the first book, uh, Queen's Shadow, um, you know, it's a transition between her becoming uh, from queen to senator. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, the queen kind of represents the day-to-day -day life and the works with the people of Naboo uh, locally. And then the senator kind of represents them within the Galactic Senate, right. uh, advocating for them and, you know, other planets in the sector. So, we get little, little snippets and the Clone Wars and stuff about the hollow net and the news and the media. Uh, but to listen, to read that in the book about the media kind of questioning Padme, not really about her policies or her beliefs, but more about, you know, she's very young. She's, we've never had a Senator this young from uh, go into the Senate. Could she do it? Uh, then they're critiquing her about, you know, her, her costumes, her outfits, her, Yep. something she may have said that was kind of out of context yes um, and I, i'm assuming the author ek johnson kind of did that as like a commentary on our media mm -hmm. and how we cover politicians and mm -hmm. and famous people in general so i thought that was very interesting especially because we get to see it from padme's point of view about you know the effects of that how it affects her mentally and the repercussions she has to deal with and kind of navigating that life those scenes in the novel that happens sort of throughout the novel Mm -hmm. And so they're like little snippets of what you hear in the holonet that they're talking about Padme in the audiobook. It's marvelous. Oh wow. Because so it's like a the voice, the voice is like a like a gossip commentator. 
<laughs> um, and so it's it's really really fun to hear um, these things as sort of a like a gossip columnist or like a gossip television show, um, hearing the voice is sort of like who is this girl and you know we, she's she's trying to seduce us with her dresses but can she think and can she actually create policies and it, it's it, 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 and the audiobook is really quite delightful. I love in Queen's Carol, I think it is, there's a menstruation scene. Oh, yes. Um, one of the handmaidens, the youngest of all handmaidens, um, has her first period. And I think it's Captain Panaka that discovers her. He's the head of the Nebu and security. So force. he's like slightly freaking out about, oh my God, what's going on in here? Which, of course, makes the handmaiden even more embarrassed well, about what has happened. The, and I think the, in I think the book, the, doesn't he think it's like somebody attacked her? He correct. doesn't realize. Yeah, yeah. He correct, doesn't realize correct. it's her first menstruation. And I think his wife, Maria, comes and sort of like, you oh. get out of here. She's I like, will deal with this. You silly <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, she, she basically was like, look, you're an um, idiot. <laughs> and and, and that's, those are the kinds of scenes that I sort of feel that are are giving are giving the sort of like a the woman's story the women's story yeah to star wars that we almost never get that we almost never get and these novels are so they're so passionate about telling a woman's story uh, that i as a man who is not part of this who is sort of experiencing everything from outside was really quite beautiful and moving and powerful um, to, to sort of choose those details to put in the novel. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna be really honest, if I had written a book about Padme Amidala, I would have never put a menstruation scene in a book. Yeah. I just wouldn't have done it. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I thought it was just wonderful to have you know, such an important moment in a young woman's life as part of what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a woman in a public situation and, and dealing with men and dealing with women and, and, and all of that. I thought it was just great, really great. And it's, it's a small moment. I mean, it's not, like it's not a whole chapter. Half a chapter. It's like half a chapter. It's, it's yeah. half a chapter. But it, it, really, it really struck me um, yeah. that it was sort of part of it included in that um, and it was it was it was just quite beautiful, quite beautiful to have that in there. I, I really appreciated that. Like you said, if EK Johnston is listening to this, maybe someday she will. Thank you, thank you for doing that. Well, I was going to say, as 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 men, we would have never considered putting that in the book if we were given to write this book because we no. we don't one we've never experienced it too. This is something we don't think about all the time because nope. never happened to us. But yes, uh, that's why I appreciate that a woman was able to write this book. Um, and was able to convey those experiences in a genuine way you know there have yes. been times where men have tried to you know write women experiences but it's a little problematic it's different. no no yeah. no and it's it's i like it i like it because uh, also we have we get so many different experiences of women yeah we have a beautiful same-sex lesbian relationship Yes. Um, I think it's Sasha and Yane. I'm sorry, I should have done my research. Yes. I think it's Sasha and Yane. I think so too. Um, and it is done in such, such, it's just done in a beautiful way because it's just, mature way too. it just happens. It just yeah. happens. 
It just yeah. happens. They're attracted to each other. So they're attracted to each other. There's and, no sort of moment that's sort of like, oh my God, what are you yeah. doing? No, well, and all, all the other characters around them are like, okay. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, they just accept it, it as normal. Really, uh, there are just, and so there are, there are all of these different stories that are sort of connected to different women experiences in this world of women with Padme and the Handmaidens um, in all three novels, mm-hmm. in all three novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a, I think I'm using the right word in English, a harrowing scene of torture with one of the handmaidens during the Battle of Naboo mm-hmm. that it's really disturbing. It's very disturbing in the audiobook. I I had to take a little moment after that scene. Um, and so once again, you know, this, this very important notion about violence against women during war um, it's, it's sort of inserted again in this book um, in a way that is both beautiful and powerful and sort of reveals all of the different stories about women mm-hmm. that, that once again, we, we, we barely get in Star Wars. Women, are, uh, women and children are rarely tortured in Star Wars. Um, it happens, but it always happens sort of from far That's away. Great. Um, but here, here, here is, is, it's quite disturbing. It's quite disturbing. And in a way, very, a very real event that happens very often in war. The notion of rape and the notion of torture is something that happens way too often, um, in spaces of war. And so it's, it, it, it was, I was honored that it was included in there because it is, it is yet another woman's experience that, that sort of should be part of Star Wars and hasn't really been part of Star Wars um, for the most part. There are exceptions here and there, but, but that, one, that one I will remember for a very long time. Another thing that I found really interesting in the novels, and this happens mostly in the second and third novel, although I think it's everywhere, is the presence of Palpatine in the novels. And once again, these novels are aware that we are reading, knowing the story, knowing the story of the nine movies, and especially knowing the story of the prequel trilogy. Um, And so it's really quite wonderful to have that sort of notion of Palpatine as this specter that is paying attention and reacting to what Padme is doing as a queen, to what Padme is doing as a senator, um, to what Padme is advocating for and not advocating for. Um, there is a whole plot about Padme wanting to do more about abolishing slavery in the galaxy, um, which for her is something that after the attack of the clone scenes of Anakin's mother and all of that, is something that becomes an essential part of sort of the political project of Padme as a senator. And so it's really interesting how Palpatine is sort of everywhere. He keeps coming and going and coming and going. Um, In the last novel, there are moments, it's really interesting how, I love the way she wrote it, where there are moments that are sections that it is always described as Darth Sidious and other moments where it is described as Palpatine we know they're the same person, but the books are narrated as if they are two different people. And I love that tension 
that we are sort of seeing the character of Darth Sidious and seeing the character of Palpatine narrated as two people while we are aware that they are the same. It was so cool. It was so cool. Actually, it was one of my favorite things of the latest book, Queen's Hope. Um, how how um, E.K. Johnston sort of treated and wrote and narrated Sidious and Palpatine as two different people, even though we know that they're the same person. I remember when he showed up in the first one, and uh, we know as soon as they said, oh, uh, Chancellor Palpatine wants to come by and visit. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> we know as, a, as the reader, but of course right. the characters don't have no idea. Right, and right, right, right. It's very just tense. You're like, oh, so is he going to be weird? Is he going to do something? And, you know, in the first one, or the, I'm sorry, no, it's the second one, Queen's Peril, uh, kind of gives a lot of context for Phantom Menace. And, you know, you see him confronting Padme about the black blockade, about the yes. Trade Federation. Yes. And, of course, we know he wants her to sign the treaty. And But, you know, he's going to her and saying, this is just unjust. This is You can't sign that treaty. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just and it's very manipulative obviously yes yeah it's very unsettling at times no i uh, really love, I enjoyed I, his inclusion because i completely agree for those of you who don't know he's the he's from naboo he was a he's a senator from naboo so right. he has right. very strong connections that he pops up often to kind of check in and he kind of in some of the later books he kind of acts as an ally like you know my friend how are you doing how are things on naboo you know just checking in and being a good mentor Yes, uh, but it's very obviously very manipulative and very often. Yeah, there's, there's. Uh, I think it's in the last novel that Palpatine is constantly in contact with Panaka. Yeah, and he uses Panaka to sort of check on what's going on in the boo. Yes. Um, and and it, it's an interesting way because Panaka has retired by now. Mariak's wife is the one sort of in charge, and so there's this sort of using Panaka as his communicating vessel of sort of knowing what's going on with all the details in, in Naboo. I was going to give you a fun connection, actually. I don't know if you remember this. And Claudia Gray's novel, uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, uh-huh. um, she goes to Naboo for like a relief mission, her and her mother. And I had forgotten uh, that. Yes. Panaka is the moth of Naboo during the Empire um, at that time. He becomes the moth of I have forgotten that. Yes, and I and I just love how she included that in the book and kind of planting those seeds where we know he's gonna where he ends up as a character later, and I just think that's really fun. I enjoyed that. Small oh, connection. oh, oh! Because of the connection with Palpatine. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. Palpatine after the Clone Wars. Oh my god! Makes him the moth, and I just I enjoy that because I like Panaka. He's an interesting character. Yeah, 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 yeah. In these books too, he's also yeah, we didn't really mention him much, but he is a he's one of the few male characters in this whole. Correct. Serious. There's not a lot of male characters, but he's Correct. one of the few constant yeah. male characters. Yes. And he he is very adamant. You know, Padme is more of a pacifist, and he's more adamant about let's build a bigger defense. Naboo, we don't want another situation with the Federation, right? right. Another right. invasion. Yes. Um, he's very adamant about that. And then his conversations with Palpatine are she's we need to beef up security. She's not doing this. It's a little too laxed around here. And then to see him become off later is like a of course, that makes perfect sense. I had forgotten. I had forgotten that. That's awesome. Palpatine knew. He's like, oh, I can, I can Oops. use this guy. He'll, he'll be perfect in the future. I could still hear you. <laughs> my flying, my flying hands pulling out my ear, earbuds. 
Um, Nick, you wanted to talk about sort of these stories and these novels sort of in the context of comics and, and other books. And I, I would love to for you to talk a little bit about that because it's sure. sort of a fun, it's a fun connection as well. Yeah, other than the connection I just mentioned, it just dawned on me when you mentioned Panaka. So uh, I forgot about that. It ringed my hell, uh, ringed the bell. So, uh, but yeah, there's a couple of fun ones. Um, the Sabe, uh, she survives the Clone Wars and she ends up being alive around the original trilogy and currently in the Darth Vader comics. She's a prominent character. Um, she discovers that one, she found out years ago that Anakin and Padme were married and he became Vader. She knew that story. And then she also discovered they had uh, a child. So she knew, found out who Luke Skywalker was. Uh, so she's a regular character in the comics right now. And if you're this is not the Greg Pack series, Greg Pack, yeah, it's currently yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she's yeah. very prominent, very fun. I enjoy her a lot. She's much more, she's older, obviously, and she's much more aggressive than she was when she was with Padme. So it's interesting to see her make that I like transition. her a lot in those comics. I like her a she's, lot in those. She's comics. very funny, too. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's one of the few characters that like stands up to Vader and is not scared or intimidated. Um, I guess because she knows who he really is and ha can use that against him at any time. So that's a fun dynamic between those two. Plus right. she looks like Padme. So it like, it keeps messing with him. Like, Oh my God, this looks like, yeah, Padme. I think at the end of the first issue, she shows up, like Savage shows up and Vader says, Padme. He's like, that's the shit. end of the issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, this started, that comic started at the beginning of 2020 and it wasn't long after or before that the, Queen Shadow had come out, so okay. we really got to know Sabe a lot more. Okay, and then they kind of just inserted her in the comics. Oh. It was a quick little turnaround. I she love when Star Wars does that. Oh, it's so cool! It's so much fun! So cool! <laughs> and so it was for those that didn't read the book. They're like, "How the hell is Padme alive?" And then, then you, the next issue, you find out, and you're like, "Oh, that that would make sense." Yeah, right. Yeah, and then uh, another fun one that uh, we read this book earlier this year. It came out um, around the same time. Queen's Hope, the last book in the trilogy. Um, the writer, E.K. Johnston, also worked closely with uh, Mike Chen, who wrote the recent Obi-Wan and Anakin novel, Brotherhood, which is also a very excellent read. It's really good. Really good. There's a lot of connections between uh, these two books. They kind of overlap the same time period. Uh, so it takes place right after the marriage and right at the start of the Clone Wars. We'll see it from, we'll see, I think there's a couple of moments where we see scenes from the same scene but from anakin's point of view or padme's point of view and they're kind of you know they then they venture off and do their own thing um and it's just interesting seeing the the early things of their marriage like how are we going to make this work we obviously can't just make this public and tell everyone we know because right. it's a big no-no mike chen i watched an interview with him i think it was on star wars explained um and okay. he explained that uh um when he was writing the book he was in touch with ek johnson because she he knew she was writing the book, and I think, well, from what it sounded like, they kind of did this on their own, um, just reached out to each other, and he's like, you know, I'm having Anakin meet Padme in this scene. What is she wearing? Like, what's her costume at oh, the time wow. At the time of this, you know, at right, the time, right, this time right, period? Right. I wanted to make it as accurate as I can, kind of describe to me or let me know what she's doing so I can make it as that's believable. Fun. I was like, that's really incredible and awesome attention to detail. So I'm really glad. Very thoughtful. Very thoughtful. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Not wanting to step over her toes and vice versa. They're trying to like make it work. And that's cool. I, you can tell they're both really big fans of these characters. So they want to make it as believable as possible. I love that. Yeah. I, something that I forgot to mention before our spoilers is that one of the fun things about Queen's Carol, which is said, 
at the sort of begin the beginning of the reign of, of Padme is that we get to meet every single handmaiden yes and who they are where they came from and how they are hired by Panaka to be part of the handmaiden so the mm -hmm. whole idea of having a whole set of handmaidens and that each handmaiden would have a different skill that would be sort of part of this team <laughs> team Padme or mm -hmm. team Amidala um it's that is another really awesome thing to see and i think part of it part of that part of why i is i think it's my favorite because it's it's really fun to see the genesis yeah the start of these, of... Of these handmaidens um and where they come from and who they are and and their personalities because in in the movies i they all look like the same person um yeah. and some of them and don't even, even speak right and most of them don't speak yeah. And so it's, it was really fun in the second novel to sort of get the sense of these, these people as individuals, all these women as, as individuals. I rewatched Attack of the Clones this year because it was the 20 year anniversary. And I, it was after I read these books and the opening scene is with uh, one of her handmaidens getting assassinated, Dorme. Right. And right. Uh, like I, they said her name originally when the movie came out. I didn't think nothing of it at the time. And Right. Uh, even until I read the books, but after she said the name, and I was like, "Oh no, I liked her. She was a, <laughs> she was very interesting." And, and in Queen's like, Hope, there's a constant sort of reminder about her death. death. Right, it's still fresh. Of, yeah. Yes, because it's fresh. That's exactly right. right. It just happened. And yeah. well, and the, another thing we didn't mention about Queen Shadow is, um, as we mentioned, that she's kind of going from queen to senator. Um, that means her life's she's going to be on Coruscant more. They all kind of. Uh, you can tell they're kind of like in a transition phase in their life. Um, yes. not, not only are they getting older, but like they're all wanting to do things like Padme is going to be Senator. You know, one of them wants to go back to school and become an artist. Uh, one wants to go, you know, become a famous musician. Like they right. all kind of, kind of like, well, this part of our life's over. We kind of want to do something new. And it's kind of, yes. Yes. they still keep in contact, but it's obviously just a different phase of their life. And we get new members of the handmaids that get added. Yes. There's a whole wave of them. Of them but yeah. Yeah, so there's like new members, and uh, yes. one of them was in the Clone Wars. I'd forget her name. We watched it recently, but oh, interesting. Yeah, they said her name in the Clone Wars. I was like, oh, I remember her when she got added in the book. So okay, okay. I love the attention to detail in these books. Yes, without having to be six hundred pages long. Right, right. And very, I like that too. Very efficient. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Um, no, I think I would just encourage people to read these books. Um, if you if you watch this long, hopefully you've read them, but because uh, you got spoiled a lot, but. <laughs> If you haven't, you just didn't care. Um, go out, you know, read them somehow. Local libraries, um, digital if you can. Audiobooks. Audiobooks, audiobooks are very good. Um, no, I highly recommend them. Um, if you're a fan I, of Padme, you would love them. I, I remember early when I met you, you said these novels are, oh, I can't remember exactly the phrase that you said, but they're, they're sort of doing justice yeah. To, to, yeah. to the complexity of who she is. Right. And sort of adding more layers to a fascinating character. Well, what I meant by that is I felt personally that she was great in episode one and two. And then Revenge of the Sith, I thought she was kind of a lot going on in that movie, obviously. You know, not every character is going to get a character arc or even fleshed out. And a lot of her scenes were deleted and kind of cut and had to be right. cut. And I kind of understand it, but also kind of felt like it was a disservice to the character you'd set mm -hmm. up in the first mm -hmm. two films mm -hmm. um ultimately it wasn't her story uh but i just felt she was kind of sidelined and just used as a plot device and then these books i really felt like you know we really get to know who she is what Front makes her center. tick 
front and center. Yeah, yeah. we get to know what yeah. she believes in, why she believes in certain things, and and even get to figure out really why she loves Anakin. Because I know a lot of people were like, "Why would you love this man? He's very toxic and very <laughs> problematic." Uh, and they even talk about that. Her and the handmaidens, the ones that f- figure out the marriage, they're like kind of being a good friends and like confronting her. Like, are you sure about this? <laughs> like, it's, it's a cool. wonderful scene in that last book where uh, Padme is somewhere else and somebody and, and I think it's Sabe. Sabe or yeah, I think it's Sabe. Um, and so Sabe is being the senator while Padme is on a mission and Anakin shows up in the room. Oh yes. In the middle of the night. And he's like, Oh, to go see his wife. And he's like, who are you? You're not my wife. What have you done to Padme? It's a uh, that's wonderful very, scene. It's pretty funny. That's kind of how it's she finds out. It's a wonderful scene. That's fun. That's, how she finds out, like, that's why, exactly right. Why that's do you exactly have this right. Jedi kind of showing up in the middle of the night? That's not normal. <laughs> E.K. Johnson, wherever you are, thank hope you. Hope you're watching. I hope you're watching. Yes. Maybe, yes. maybe I can find her somewhere and, like, maybe I can send her a message on Instagram and just send her the link. That'd be cool. Doesn't hurt, right? Doesn't hurt. Thank you, you, Nick. Thank you, audience. May the force be with you all. And we'll see you on the next one.